Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17, verse number 17. And then, once you've got that, right in the next chapter, in chapter 18, We're going to read a verse, one verse from both of these chapters. Two very, very well-known, oft-quoted verses, both in church and out. And once you've got your finger there at Proverbs chapter 17, let's all stand together. and We'll read these two verses together, standing in honor of the Word of God this morning. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 17. The Bible says, A friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 24, the last verse of Proverbs chapter 18. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we are so thankful, God, that you've given us the the privilege, Lord, the opportunity to come to your house this morning. God, I thank you for every soul that's here in the building, God, from the youngest to the eldest. God, I thank you, Lord, that they're here. And I pray, Lord, if you would, God, that you'd speak to their hearts this morning, that you'd speak to my heart, God, that you'd use me to deliver this message, God, Lord, as you have once delivered it to my heart, Lord, that I might preach with the power of the Holy Spirit and God with the truth and authority of the Word of God. I pray this morning, help us, God, to see, Lord, those things, Lord, that we need, that we stand in need of this morning. God, I pray that you'd show us what we need to hear. Uh, God, that you'd help us where we need help. God, lift us up uh, where we need lifted up. Admonish us, God, where we need to be admonished. And exhort us, Lord, where we need to be exhorted. God, we can do nothing without you. We know that we can do all things through Christ. And we ask that you'd help us this morning. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Without question this morning, I'm pretty sure I could uh, begin to speak concerning the matter of how that Jesus has been a friend to us, and we would all vehemently agree. Amen. Would you agree this morning that Jesus is a good friend? Amen. That He went all the way to the cross to die for us, and He was a sacrificial friend, and He's a steadfast friend, and he, he, he's, he's all we need. Amen. There's that old song, He's all I need, and, and how that He is. He really is everything we need. That to the fatherless, He can be a father. To the motherless, a mother. Lord, to those that are without friends, He can be a best friend. Uh, he can be anything and everything we need Him to be. There's no question this morning, at least there should not be in any of our hearts, about how good a friend Jesus is. I mean, let's be real. Jesus is the ultimate in all things in life. Amen. He's the best there ever was. There's nobody like Him. There's none like Him, the Bible says. Uh, there's nothing that He can't do. He has all power, He has all authority, and He is just, in spite of being, in spite of being the most powerful thing and most powerful being in the universe, 
and most wise and most understanding and most knowledgeable, He is also the best friend we could ever have. And that's miraculous. We all agree Jesus is the dearest friend I've ever had, as the song says. Because He really is. He is that friend, as we read, that sticketh closer than a brother. That there's no one on earth uh, that could ever be as good a friend to you as Jesus can be. That there's nowhere you go that He can't reach you. Nothing you do where He won't take you back and forgive you. But when we think about the Lord Jesus as a friend, I think of this verse here in Proverbs chapter 17 and 18. Proverbs 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And that statement implies to us that those who are true, say it that way, those who are our true friends, amen, those that are true and honest and pure and really love us, that even in adversity, they'll still be there, right? And so a friend loveth at all times. And at all times, let me ask you a question, real simple. Have you ever been unlovable? Amen. Can I just tell you, there's been times where I thought, man, I I am so unlovable. I mean, I don't know why anybody would stick around with me, because I'm just a mess. Amen. And, And if you live life very long, you'll have days like that where you think, why do they put up with me? You know, I've, thought, I've had that thought plenty of times. Why does my wife stick around? You know, when I, when I say things like I say, or, or when we do things like we do, or, or why does this friend keep coming back? I've not been a good friend to them and all those things. But a true friend is born for adversity. And a true friend loveth at all times. That at all times implies that a true friend has unconditional love. Man. Proverbs chapter 18, the verse that we, the part we often quote, really, is only half the verse. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. What a great, what a great statement. Amen. And what an encouraging truth it is that Jesus Christ is better to us than we deserve. He's better to us than anyone else, and he is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The first half of that verse says this: a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And when you really get right down to the root of that statement, here's what it's saying. Friendship is a two-way street. Amen. Your best friend can be, you can be the best friend possible to someone. And I mean, you can be there for them and stick closer than a brother and love them at all times. But just because you love them and just because you're always there for them doesn't mean they're always going to be there for you. And it takes a special type of person to love this way. And Jesus is that special type of person. The truth is, as much as I love you know, people in my life, I love close friends and family, and, and we've, all, we've all got close friends and family. If, uh, those of us that have lived longer in life, there are people, I, undoubtedly, that at one point in our lives we would have said we're one of our best friends. Amen? That now you don't even have any fellowship with. Sometimes it's just life and time and you go this direction and they go that direction and you grow apart. Sometimes it is an event that takes place in life and there is a breaking of a friendship or fellowship that that causes you to not be able to be friends with them the way that you once were. Amen? It's just the truth of life. Sometimes things happen and people go in different directions. But one thing is for certain, Jesus will never walk away from us. The Bible says He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Isn't that what it said? He will never leave us. And, and thank God we have that promise. But Proverbs 18.24 teaches us that friendship 
is a two-way street. And so while we could this morning just park for a minute and talk about how good of a friend Jesus is, the fact is, I think we all know that. We all know how good a friend Jesus really is. My question to you this morning is this, very simply, are you a friend to Jesus? Are you a friend to Him? Because He's a friend to us. Amen. He's a friend to us, isn't He? He loves us. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. He died for our sins. But what about you? Are you a friend to the Lord Jesus? First, I want to talk about the attributes of a true friend. And we're just going to look through the Bible real quick and see some of the places and what the Bible teaches us about being a friend. First of all, a true friend cares. In our verse, Proverbs 18, 24 said quite plainly, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Now, there's a lot you could say about that short part of that verse. I'll just tell you. But the thing I want to point out to you just real simply is this. A friend is someone who is friendly. Amen. man who has friends must show himself friendly. If you're going to say, I want friends and I want to have friends, then you're going to have to be a friend to someone else. Amen. You're going to have to show someone else that you care about them that you love them, amen, that you can be there for them when they need you, amen. Are you all with me? I mean, the fact, it is, it is, it's really simply funny, if I could say it that way, when a person gets upset about being mistreated when they spend most of their life mistreating others, amen. That golden rule is a Bible principle that we ought to pr- treat others the way that we want to be treated. Jesus Christ was the prime example of that. And if a man wants to have friends, he needs to show himself friendly. And a true friend cares. Does Jesus care about us? Oh, Lord, yes, he does. He loves us. He loves us so much he went to the cross. Amen. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He is the one there at the right hand of the Father praying for us. He cares about us. But do you care about him? The attributes of a true friend first is that a friend cares. And a friend, really what it is, if you want a a good, solid definition, a friend is someone who is attached to another by affection. That you are literally affectionate towards someone else. That that you care about them. I mean, that's the basic understanding of a friend. A friend is someone, your friend, is someone that cares about you, and you're their friend if you care about them. Amen. And a friendship is created by mutual caring one of another. Jesus loves every soul on earth. Amen. It is not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And in, being, and in coming to repentance, they become a part of the family of God, and they're no longer strangers, but joint heirs with Christ. Amen. Jesus loves all equally, and He wants everyone to be saved. But not everybody on earth that Jesus loves, loves Jesus. Jesus loves the atheist. Jesus loves, loves every drunkard, every drug addict, He loves every soul, no matter what they say or do. He loves them and He wants them to be saved. But not every soul that Jesus loves, loves Him. Do you love Him? A true friend cares. A true friend shares similar interests. Amen. That's just a simple fact, isn't it? Proverbs 22, 11. He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. So why are you reading that? For the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. Sometimes it's the things that we say that bring people together. Odds are, if you've got a best friend or, or a husband or a wife or, or whatever it may be, someone you've, you've gathered a, a strong connection with, 
that connection began with conversation. Isn't it funny how that works? The Bible teaches that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Very simply, the things that you love, you talk about. Amen. We were uh, standing around in that 30-minute gap between Sunday school and church, and everybody's just kind of sitting around over here talking, over there talking. I got slurred for standing over too long talking to Brother Tim by a couple people. You know, we're just, talk, we're, and we're just talking about our cares in life, you know, just praying for each other. I'm just teasing. You know, you talk to people because, you know, that's what you do. You talk. You talk. You might talk about things you enjoy. Amen. Me and Brother Tommy talk about Nintendo because we like it. Amen. I mean, I like Mario because I grew up with Mario. He's my friend. Amen. That's just the way it is. You might talk about fishing. We'll talk about fishing. You go talk to Brother Joe, who he's a fishermania. Amen. He loves it. My brother loves it. My brother loves fishing. He used to love sports a lot more, and that was the only thing he cared about. And now not so much, but you want to talk about hunting, fishing, you can talk to him. You want to talk about the Bible, you can talk to my dad. He loves, he just lives, breathes, and thinks things about the Bible and different things. And, and you know, everybody has their own interests. Some like, some like this sort of stuff. Some like that sort of stuff. Some like TV. Some like movies. Some like fishing. Some like hunting. Some like games. Some like books. Some like this. And if you love it and you enjoy it, you'll talk about it. Amen. I could walk up to some of you and start talking about Mario, and you'd say, get away from me. Amen. What are you doing? I don't care about Mario. What's wrong with you? But I like it, so I won't talk about it. Because when you, when you share interests with someone, it will create a connection. And we, we understand that Jesus loves us, and the things we care about, He cares about because He cares about us. Amen. When I, when I and my wife began to first speak uh, in, in a romantic way, if I can say it that way, we've known each other for a long time. We met when we were kids. Uh, but when I was, I was in college, she saw a picture of me on social media with a black coat on. I'm telling it, that's right. And I'd pulled the coat apart and had a Superman shirt on underneath. And she thought, Oh, that's, that's one good-looking fellow right there. That's what she thought in the Superman shirt. She likes Superman, and I like Superman. That's right, I'm a super nerd. And uh, she messaged me something like that picture of me in that Superman shirt, and we began to talk about Superman. I went to a, uh, a youth rally in North Carolina, and she was there, and I brought her a couple of my favorite Superman comic books because my dad got me into comic books as a kid, and I was showing her these comic books. That's right. She does not care about comic books, do you? No, not at all. She thinks Superman's cool, but just because you might think Superman's cool doesn't mean you're going to go so far as to read a comic book. I mean, come on. She has some dignity. But I gave, hey, you say amen. I gave her them comics. You know what she did? She read them. You know why? Because she cared about me. And there was a love beginning to grow in her and she wanted to care and enjoy the things that I enjoyed. Now, that's changed over time. Now she's sick of all the comic book stuff and all that stuff. No, but, you know, sometimes you do things that you don't necessarily care about because the people you love care about those things. We should care about the things Jesus cares about. Amen. Say, so, well, I knew there was going to be a catch. Well, you know, we're, we're just building the, we're building the message here. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according uh, to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We ought to share interest with God that we want to live the way He wants us to live, that the way that Christ lived, we want to be like Him. That we want to love the things he loves, be around the things he's around, 
do the things He does. We should want to be more like Him, and being with Him should make us more like Him. Amen. That's the attribute of a true friend. You and I, we become friends. We may not have all the same interests, but the more time we spend together, the more our interests might align. True friend cares, and true friend shares similar interests. A true friend is there. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6 says this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A true friend is faithful. A true friend sticks closer than any brother. And while we will never be that friend that helps guide our Lord Jesus Christ toward what's right, because, I mean, He's got that figured out. How often do you praise Him? How often do you lift Him up? How often are you there for Him? You know that things we do grieve the Lord. Did you know that? He's there for us, and there for us, and there for us, and there for us. And in times when He would undoubtedly love to have communion with us, we're nowhere to be found. We're too busy with this, or too busy with that, or too busy over there, or too busy over here to have time for our Lord. And He's always got time for us. Anytime we, we take a knee and pray, He's there with His, his ear and His arm ready to hear. But when He calls on us, sometimes we're just not there. The attributions of a true friend. Let's look at the actions of a true friend. A true friend sharpens. I talked a little bit about I kind of hit on this, but Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says this, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. What that tells us is very simply this, the people you're around will affect who you are as a person. That's why we preach and teach that you ought not live and dine and walk with the ungodly because when you do, you become more and more like the ungodly. Amen. That's why the Bible teaches, come out from among you and be separate, saith the Lord. You see, he called them a peculiar people. Be holy, for I'm holy. These are all biblical principles. A true friend sharpens. If you're a real friend to Jesus, then your fellowship with him will show. You know what your countenance is? It's this. It's your face. Some of us have a nicer one than other ones. Amen. But if you spend time with Jesus, it'll show. Your countenance is what you see. It'll show. Just like Moses when he came down off the mountain and he was shown in, the Bible says, that his countenance was so bright people couldn't look on him, had to put a veil on him because he'd been around God. And when you spend time with God, it'll show, Christ will show in your countenance. The way you look will reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ will show in your change. The things that you learn will reflect Jesus Christ. Christ will show in your conversation. As we said, for out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaketh, the things you love will reflect Christ. The more time you spend with Him, the more you'll be like Him. Why are people becoming less and less like Christ? That's right. They're spending less time with Him. Amen. I, I've got a, a good close friend of mine. He's like a brother to me. Uh, and he and I grew up together. I mean, I probably spent the night at his house, the times during the summer, as much as I was at home. He's my cousin, and we're real good buddies and grew up together. But as life has gone on, and, and I, I've got my family, and, go, and I'm, I'm up here all the time now, and he's down there, and, and we just kind of got different lives, and we don't see each other very much. We'll text every once in a while, and we'll talk, and, and there'll be seasons of life where we're together more, and, and times when we're not together as much, because the truth is, as we get older, Sometimes those friendships, they kind of tend to go in other ways. And when we get together, we'll find out things about each other that we didn't know. And I mean, we, we know each other as good as anybody on earth knows one another, two people, outside of maybe husbands and wives. 
Because, I mean, we're like brothers. We grew up together. I mean, it's just, I know all of his darkest secrets. Amen. He knows all mine. That's just the way it is. That's, that's what it is when you have that tight-knit, close friendship. But now, there's things about him that I don't know, and he doesn't know about me, and we're, we're pretty different in a lot of ways. You know why? Because we don't spend that much time together anymore. Our lives should show Christ. Let me help you. The way you dress should speak of Christ. Amen. People ought to be able to take one look at you and know there's something different about you. If they can look at you in a crowd and you blend in with any old sinner, you're not spending enough time with Christ. Amen. And I know that's harsh, but it's the truth. We're supposed to be different. If we're not different, what are we? Amen. Are you a friend of Jesus? The way you look, the things you learn, the things you hear, the things you talk about, the things you think about, if all you think about and all you talk about are worldly things when we're not in church on Sunday morning, why? Why is that? You get around your friends and you talk, you haven't seen each other for a while, and you hear stories and you chat, you know what you're going to do? You're going to go home, you're going to tell your wife or tell your husband, oh, you'll never, you'll never believe what so-and-so told me. You'll talk about them. You'll talk about what they told you. You know why? Because you've been spending time together. I get a text, I'll say, Brooke, look at this text. You're not going to believe this because a friend of mine told me. Because when you are a friend to someone, you care about their lives, you talk to them, they'll talk to you, and the fact is, it's just going to reflect. It's going to reflect in your life. As iron sharpeneth iron, so does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. We affect one another by being around one another. So when there is no reflection of Christ, are you listening? When there's no reflection of Christ in your life, because you're not spending any time with him. And if you're not spending any time with him, then you're not being a good friend to Christ. He may be being a good friend for you. and He's always right there when you call. But you're not spending time with him. You're not being a good friend to Christ. Amen. A true friend sharpens. A true friend stays. I said it before, that the, an attribute of a true friend is that they're always there. But can I tell you, always being there is not something that happens by accident. It is a conscious decision. It's going to take work. Amen. That you're going, no matter what, when we, when we get married and we take those vows for richer, for poor, in sickness and health, till death do us part, the promise we're making is I'm going to stay through thick and thin. That's the promise, right? That no matter what, I'm going to stay. And when we make that promise, it's I'm going to be that and I'm never going to stop being that. That's what, that's what it's trying to teach us. James chapter 4, verse 4 says this. The adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Faithfulness is an attribute of a friend. It's not something that happens without effort. This is, and, and here's, here's the fact of the matter. Let, let, me, let me make a statement here. When it comes to human beings, the idea of exclusive friendships is silly to me. We should never be jealous because one friend of ours has other friends. Amen. That's prideful and that's silly. That's silly. We're supposed to love our brethren as ourselves, right? All of us. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And your neighbor is not necessarily your best friend. If any of y'all's ever had neighbors. Amen. That's just the way it is. But you got to love them as much as you love yourself. However, our friendship with God is exclusive. Look at it. 
Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So that doesn't make sense that we had to love the world. Yes, we have to love the people in the world, and the way we love them is by preaching the gospel to them. But when you love the things of the world, here's what the Bible says, that to have a carnal mind is enmity with God. God will not bear sin, and He doesn't want His children to be surrounded with it. Amen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. That's what John said. He said, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. That the love of God in us will take away from us a a love for worldly things. But when we become so consumed with worldly things that every day, I mean, you go to work, you work, 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 and that's the world. You got to work to live. Man man wants to eat. You got to work. That's what the Bible says. You work, and you do your work, you do your work, and you go home and you think, well, you know what? Now it's time for me. And your me time is filled with worldly things. You know how how, uh, liberating it is when your me time, that refreshing time and that uh, relaxing time can be time spent with the Lord? That literally, you love Him and He loves you so much that being around Him is refreshing. Going to church, reading our Bible and praying, not supposed to be a chore. It's not supposed to be something we hate and have to, but it feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? We let our flesh get so full of everything the world has to offer that when spiritual things come along, we've just got no taste for it. It's hard, isn't it? But if we want to be a friend to Jesus, we got to spend time with him. We got to be there. That's what it says. We got to be there. We got to stick around. We've got to be faithful to God. We don't need to fill our lives with worldly things. A true friend serves. Let me give you this quickly. Turn with me to John chapter 15. I want to read a number of verses over here. One of my all-time favorite verses, one of the most oft-quoted verses in the Bible, John chapter 15 and verse number 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That describes Jesus as a friend, doesn't it? As we said, there is no love anywhere on earth or anywhere else as great as the love when a friend would lay his life down for his friends. And that's what Jesus did for us. Verse 14, Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. The difference in these verses between a friend and a servant is pretty clear. A servant serves because it's their job to serve. A friend serves because they love you. A servant serves because they have to. They're being made to. They keep being told that they've got to, they've got to, they've got to. But a friend serves because they love you. They want to help you. They want to please you. They care about you. That's how we should love Christ. We should want to serve Him because He's the dearest friend I've ever had. Because He died on the cross for my sins. I want to serve Him because I love Him. Not because if I don't, I'll get in trouble. I don't want to be like the, you know, the, the 10-year-old being made to clean their room and if they don't, they're going to get in trouble. No, I, I want to do it because I love the Lord. 
and I want him to be pleased with me. Amen. Because he's my friend. Because I care about him. And in these verses here in John chapter 15, John gives us in these writings from the Lord Jesus a few specific ways that we're told to serve. Verse 16 said this, You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. The first thing he told them to do in service is to go forth. Jesus told them multiple times to go. Anybody who says we're not supposed to go out and get them is not reading their Bible. Amen. Go ye into all the world, preaching the gospel unto every creature. Literally, the last command Jesus gave before he left the earth is go out there and get them. Amen. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Amen. That we know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He's the only path to heaven, that there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved, and it's our job to tell other people about it. Go forth. Also, not only going forth in our service, but He said to bear fruit. He said, bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain. We should go take the gospel. Why? So we can bear fruit. Amen. When I get to heaven, I, don't, I pray to God that I don't stand before Him in the judgment and Him ask me for a tally of how many people that I was instrumental in leading to the Lord. If He did, where would your tally stand? We're commanded to go forth and bring forth fruit. It's one thing to go forth, but where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Say, well, I can't. no, you can't. You can't make it happen. We go, we plant, we water, God gives the increase. But here's the question. Are you planting? Are you watering? Are you bringing forth fruit? Because a true friend, the action of a true friend is that we serve because we love him. We serve by going forth and bearing fruit, and we serve by just being a friend to the Lord and to all his friends. You know what happens when two good friends get together? They want to introduce them to their other friends. And that's exactly what the Lord wants. When we get together, He wants to bring us together because we are one body in Christ, in unity. John 15, 17, He said this in the next verse, These things I command you that you love one another. Y'all know, y'all do know, have y'all read the Gospels? Y'all do know not all the disciples got along very well. I don't know if you know this, but I think Peter was particularly difficult to like sometimes. Paul withstood him to his face. You know what? I think Paul was difficult to like sometimes. Amen. They just they, they were cut from different cloths, man. John and Peter, two different guys. One's very affectionate and loving and, and just a servant and the disciple whom Jesus loved, and one is lopping people's ears off with swords and fishing in the nude. I don't know what he had going on. Peter's a weird guy and hard to get along with, but you know what? The Lord said, y'all got to love each other. Y'all need to work together. Amen. You've been in church very long, you'll get around some people and think, man, these are some crazy people. Amen. The longer y'all get to know me, the more you're going to think that. But the fact is, if we're all his friends, he wants us to be friends. He wants us. And the way we, one way we please him is by loving one another. 1 John 4, 20 through 21. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. This is not one of those situations where, well, you know what? I might be friends with her, and she might be friends with her, but that don't mean we got to be friends. That ain't how this works. This don't work. I don't know if you know this, but God does things his way, not our way. 
Our way is wrong and His way is right. And His way is this. He's got it right and we got to get in line. Serve Him by going forth. Serve Him by bearing fruit and serve Him by being a friend to Him and to all His friends. That those that Jesus loves, we're supposed to love. And those that love Jesus, we're supposed to love them too. It doesn't matter if they're apples and we're oranges. If they love the Lord and they're trying to please God and they're serving God, then they are not our enemy. Amen. Just because they like Louisville and you like Kentucky doesn't mean they're your enemy. Amen. Amen. we got to love each other. That's the actions of a true friend. Let's look at the assessment of a true friend. We'll be done this morning. The assessment of a true friend. Here, here, here's the, where the rubber meets the road, if you will. All these things are nice to say. It, it's easy to say all these things. And, and you can say, amen, you know, a true friend cares. A true friend shares similar interests. A true friend is there. And a, a true friend sharpens his friend. And a true friend stays. And a true friend serves. And amen, I, I want to be a true friend of the Lord. Well, I, you need to ask yourself a very simple question. Are you a friend to Jesus? I'm not preaching this morning because I like the sound of my voice. And I'm not preaching this morning because, well, it's Sunday and it's my my job. I'm giving you this message because I want you to take it and hear it and do something with it. The last thing I ever want to be is was praying over here this morning before church, praying, God, help me not to be a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So what's that? It's just noise. Pointless noise of no effect, of no benefit. The assessment of a true friend is when you examine yourself. Don't think about her or him, but me. Am I a true friend to Jesus? Like I said, we, we would all have to admit that he's a, he's a true friend to us, right? He loves us. He cares about us. But are you a true friend to Him? Are you a true friend? Or are you a fair-weather friend? We don't like that statement, do we? You ever heard that or said that? Well, they're just a fair-weather friend. That means they're only interested in coming around and being around you when it's convenient for, for them, when there's never any trouble. It's the opposite of that. A brother is born for adversity. A fair-weather friend is the moment things get the least bit tough, they're gone. They're a dust cloud. They can't get out of there fast enough. The moment that things are going to require some real work from them or some real effort from them or they're going to have to put themselves out a little bit to help you, ah, they're they're not interested in that. That's a fair-weather friend. Are you a true friend to Christ or are you a fair-weather friend that treats Him like a spare tire, that you only want to get close to God or call out to Him when something in life goes wrong, when, when you need something, when you're hurting it, is that the only time you call on the Lord? Is the only time you read your Bible when you're going through a storm? Is the only time you pray and come to church faithfully is when you really need God to do something in your life? Or are you a true friend who loves Him at all times and is born for adversity? Are you a fair-weather friend or are you a true friend? Are you a true friend or are you a freeloading friend? Proverbs 19.6 says this, Many will entreat the favor of the prince, but every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. You know the story of the prodigal son? We've all heard, preached, and sang about the prodigal son. 
how that he took all he had and he spent it all on riotous living. You know, I bet when he was spending all that money, he had plenty of people around. But in the moment that it was all gone, he was alone. There's people in this life who will spend, they'll definitely be around so long as you're giving them something. So long as you're doing something for them, they'll be around. But the moment that the well dries up and you stop giving gifts and pumping them up and patting them up, they, they'll move on to someone else who'll give them what they want. They're just a freeloading friend. Jesus Christ is a sacrificial friend. Every good gift, every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights. He'll give, and give, and give. He even laid down His own life for you. You say, well, how do I know if I'm a freeloading friend? Are you one that only takes? What are you giving back to the Lord? It's a hard question, isn't it? That's what you need to do. You need to assess yourself. What kind of friend am I? If your best friend treated you the way that you treat the Lord Jesus, how would you feel about them? If your husband or your wife treated you the way that you treat Jesus, how would you feel about them? Are you a fair-weather friend? Are you a freeloading friend? Or are you a faithful friend? Very simple message this morning. 1 John 4.19, we love Him because He first loved us. He made the first move. He's, he's done everything He can to woo us and draw us to Him. He's got His arms spread wide, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. He said, I'm meek, my burden's light. He loves us. He wants to walk with us and talk with us. He wants to be close to us. He cares about what we care about, Chloe. He does. He cares about what we care about. He loves us. And because He loves us, we love Him. He, <laughs> amen, He made the first move. And now we've come to Him. And if you've been saved, He loves you as much today as He did the first day you met Him. But what about you? Do you love Him the way you did when He saved you? when you used to testify and say all the time, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. But now we don't. We used to pray more. When we pray, we pray for others, but then sometimes we just say, Lord, just want to say thank you, Lord. But now we don't. We used to read our Bible, and we used to get things out of the Bible, and, and we used to, used to just feel the joy of the Lord and spend time with Him and think about Him and tell others about Him, but now we don't. Sometimes in life, I told you, your friends, you just draw, you just, you just drift apart. But can I tell you, you should never drift apart from the Lord. There's no path that you can go down where He is going to go away from you and leave you. There's no path that you can go down where you don't need Him anymore. You need Him. You need Him. He's right there. And He loves us. He cares about us. He wants to speak with us, to commune with us. He wants to, he wants to walk with us and talk with us. And He's right there, but are you a friend to Jesus or has He become just that sort of spare tire 
sort of that that one who's always there when you need him, and anytime you need to call him, you will. But, but for right now, I'm, I'm just kind of doing my own thing, making time for him. Let's all stand this morning. It's Brandy, if you wouldn't mind. I'll be the first to admit this morning, I'm not a very good friend. Sometimes I, I allow my life and different things to take up so much time and so much of my headspace that I, I neglect him. I don't think on him like I should. I don't speak to him like I should. I don't pray like I should. I don't spend time in God's Word. Or maybe we're not faithful in this way or faithful in that. Aren't you glad that He still loves us? The Bible teaches that God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knew what He was getting. He knew what He was getting when He saved us. When He brought us into the ministry. He brought you into this church. He knew what He's getting. But the fact is, we can be better. We can draw closer. And not only can we. It's not, well, you could be a better friend. You know, yeah, I could. I could. No, you should. You should. If you've been living a life that's worldly and you look and sound just like the world and don't reflect your Lord in it at all, you ought to come this morning and say, God, forgive me. Lord, help me, God, to be a shining light in a dark world. This world is getting darker and darker. We need Christians who reflect Christ. We need Christians who walk with God, who, who hear the preached word and read the Bible and spend time in prayer. Spend time with God and that he, he sharpens their countenances. That's what we need. We desperately need it. We need it. We need Christians who are like Christ. Amen. And I want to be more like Him. I want to be a better friend to Him because I love Him. And I want to be a better friend to Him because I want to learn more from Him. I want to be more like Him. Our Father in Heaven, Lord, this morning, God, thank You, Lord, for being such a good friend to us. Lord, how unworthy are we? God, we come in here from Monday to Saturday. We walk in on Sunday morning and we, we try to put on a face like we're, we're just, as, just as holy as we could be, just as good a Christian as we could be. But God, honestly, we've barely even taken time to consider you since the last time we were here. Lord, we are poor friends. We are sorry friends. God, Lord, this morning, I'm sorry, Lord, for the way that I have failed you. God, I'm sorry for times that I might have made you feel, Lord, like I didn't care. God, I'm sorry, Lord, for the times, Lord, when I might have, I might have been so busy with my life that I didn't take time to consider your feelings, didn't take time to consider, Lord, what you want from me. And God, I'm sorry for being a bad friend. Lord, I pray this morning, God, would you, would you hear me this morning? God, would you forgive me? God, would you forgive me, Lord, for the ways that I have failed you, Lord, and help me, Lord, to be a better friend to you. God, Lord, I pray this morning, speak to our hearts. God, we live in a busy world. We live in a world where there's so many voices speaking at all times on every television screen and in our, in, in our phones and headphones and everything else. God, always trying to tell us this or tell us that. God, we don't even take the time to stop and listen to hear what you've got to say. I believe, Lord, as... As that man, A.W. Tozer, said, God is always speaking. We've just stopped listening. Lord, help me to listen. God, help me, Lord, to walk with you and talk with you.
to be a good friend. God, help these people here this morning, God, that they would hear the words and understand, Lord, how that we need you, God, and we need to be better friends. God, we need to please you with our lives, and we need to lift you up. And God, help us, Lord, not to become so consumed with ourselves and so consumed with our lives that we forget all that you've done for us. God, thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. God, I pray this morning, help each one of us, God, to repent from the ways we failed you and to be a better friend. We love you. We ask in Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.